Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I wanted to speak to you guys uh, tonight on a subject that is very close to my heart. Um, as, a, as a young person, I grew up in a youth ministry out at Paradise Church and was part of a band called the Solid Rock Band back in the day. Um, represent Solid Rock. And, uh, and uh, we, uh, we pioneered a conference you might have heard of called Planet Shakers. It was an incredible conference and we were the band for that, uh, that conference. Myself, my brother and a few other of our mates that we grew up with uh, were the band for that. We recorded albums and did all sorts of things. But I say all that to say um, there was a moment I remember. I, I'm not a naturally extroverted person. I know that seems a bit ridiculous at the moment, but um, that's, I'm, I'm quite happy at home on the couch with a book um, in my own company. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, but when God compels you and puts a purpose and a vision inside of you, sometimes everything that He has for you just seems to look like it's just outside your comfort zone. Anyone ever been there? Where, where the thing that He's calling you to, the thing that He's burdened you for is going to mean an extension of yourself. You're going to have to get outside of that place where you've always been comfortable. Uh, Here's me and here's awesome over here. And if I want to live awesome, I've got to get out of me and get into him and, and live somewhere over here. And, uh, and I can remember uh, being at a conference and, and, and having a speaker speak and he spoke on uh, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. He spoke about praise. Spoke about how praise was the breakthrough. And uh, it just hit me. You know, I'd always been fairly reserved and fairly quiet and rah, rah, rah. And, and yet I found in that moment where the release in praise came, and praise in this context, I'm talking about a praise and worship sense. That's not always what praise is, but for this minute, this illustration, that's what I'm talking about. Um, there was a release that came in my life where things began to fall off me. The concern and the worry about what other people would think about me. The opinion of man that cripples a generation and, and seeks to, to conform them into its mould, that seeks to shrink them down and make them less than they could be, just seemed to fall off me. Happy days. I was really looking forward to that too. It's all good. Anyway, I found a moment in that place where there was a freedom that came that was like, this is, this is what I want to do. I, I want to give people this experience. I, I want to give people this, not just an experience, but a revelation and an understanding of the freedom that is available to you when it comes to having a praise life. We, we talk a lot about having a prayer life, but there is power in having a praise life. There is power in having that. And, and so tonight I just wanted to share some, some thoughts with you around that, that I believe will equip you with revelation, that will equip you with understanding where you can get free of some things tonight. We're gonna have a praise tonight. You need to get excited and come with me tonight. We're gonna get some praise on in this place. We're gonna some, see some people dance that never danced before. We're gonna probably shoes on the roof. I don't know. Things are gonna happen here tonight. Uh, God is gonna bust out and it's gonna be good. Are you ready? Have you got your seatbelt fastened? Awesome. Oh, there we are. There's a scripture in Psalms 22 verse 3. This says, God inhabits the praises of His people. One version says, God is enthroned in the praises of His people. I want you to just think about that for a minute. Now, obviously, I'm not just talking, and we'll get to the definition of praise later. We're going to talk about all that, but I'm not just talking about the fast songs. 
You know, we, if you've been in church for a while, we know how our church rolls. You come in and you get your two praise songs, then you get your two worship songs, and then you do your announcements, and then somebody preaches, and then you do your, you know. If you've been in church for a while, you know the format, and so we think we know what praise is. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but God inhabits the praises of His people. Now, we've been talking a lot about spiritual warfare, and I think it's awesome. I don't want to give the devil too much time tonight, but I, I, this last series has been a blessing to me, and I know it's been a blessing to you guys if it's been a blessing to me. And, uh, and, uh, but there's, there's one thing that I just want to mention here. We talk about the idea of spiritual warfare, and I want to read you a scripture out of Luke. It's from Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And the story is that Jesus has sent his disciples out to minister two by two and they've come back to bring him a report. And they're blown away because they've seen some things. God has done some things. They've seen demons cast out. They've seen people healed. There's blind eyes open and they're blown away. And they come back and they have a word with Jesus. We're going to pick it up from there. And it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. That's some heavy hitting right there. We heard this morning about the seven sons of Sceva. (laughs) He got stripped naked and beat to hell. (laughs) But these guys come back with a different report because they had that relationship connection that Tone was talking about this morning. And they say, even the demons obeyed us. But if you read the next verse, it says, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now, we're going to get excited about that in just one second. But I just want to bring you this point, right? We talk about where the demons got... I know you want to get excited. It's good. good. I'm glad you're with me. I'm good. It says that... I saw the devil fall like lightning. Now, we often talk about spiritual warfare. Can I tell you, spiritual warfare is something that occurs in the context of this world. When it comes to the context of heaven, there was no spiritual warfare. Because God doesn't do battle with anybody. The devil didn't just kind of make his way down. It says he fell like Lightning. So you need to understand about God, right? If, if you read the Old Testament, there's a story where Moses hides himself in the cleft of the rock and, Jesus, and God comes past and the afterglow of his presence as he walks past reflects off of Moses' face so much that when he goes down to see the children of Israel, they fall on their faces in fear before him. God's grace is that he doesn't reveal his full glory to you. Because if he did, he would melt your face right off your, che- off your head. It's pouring down your chest. There it is. It's all done. God only reveals as much of himself as he feels like you can handle. And here he is in heaven. And what the angels don't realise is even in that place, I've only revealed as much as I think you can handle. And the devil gets all uppity and thinking, man, he's not so big, I could take him. And he starts to make a play. And God just reveals a little more of His glory. And like lightning, He falls down from heaven. So we need to understand the authority that is available to us. It is not a battle for our Father in heaven to be having with Satan. It is literally, He speaks a word. 
and Satan falls like light. That's the authority that is available to us as his kids. And i got to tell you, I think spiritual warfare more than anything is about awareness. You need to understand whose you are. You need to understand the God that we serve and the power that He has to speak a word and the earth comes into existence. I don't know too many people that make sandcastles that turn into people. This is an all-powerful, almighty, crazy, out of control God that we're talking about here. He's not tested by the devil. He's not even, it's so far out of the zone. He is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God of heaven. Now that we've got that context, God inhabits the praise of His people. If we, the church, were to rise with praise in our hearts and begin to lift up a shout or a song of praise, and I'm not just talking about on Sunday when it's convenient. I'm talking about on Monday when there's no band. If we, if we were to lift up a shout of praise that God could come and inhabit, Maybe the context of a lot of the things that we wrestle and struggle with would just kind of go away. Because where light is, darkness cannot be. It's kind of like when you turn on the light, it's not like, oh, it's still dark. The darkness goes when you turn on the light. When God, when God comes and inhabits the praise, I love the, the way it says God is enthroned. You know what enthroned means? It means He's sitting on the throne. God sits down. You know what happens when you go to visit the queen? She doesn't stand up for you. She sits on her throne. Why? Because this is her place of authority. And when you praise and God takes a seat, right there, you are in his place of authority. And when the devil comes, I love it in Job when the devil comes to report. This is the level of authority we're talking about here. God doesn't get up and say, welcome, devil. It's good to have you. He stays seated. This is my, this is my throne. This is my throne room. What do you got to say for yourself? Well, well, and yet we treat him like this big bad ogre that's got so much power and so much authority. God doesn't even get off his chair. If we could have a praise that saturated our lives round the clock where God was seated in your life. We're going to see something when that happens, let me tell you. Whew. Praise is a weapon. Praise is the language of faith and the language of heaven. There's a scripture in Romans 3, 4 that says, Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be be true. You have to give him permission. God's a gentleman. He's only going to do what you make. That's why praise is so important because with your praise, you make room for him to be bigger. With your praise, you make room for him to come through for you. With your praise, you make room for God to be God. With your praise, you begin to declare the promises of God as yes and amen. You begin to declare the fullness of him. See, Praise is a prophetic language. Sometimes praises, you're praising Him for the thing that hasn't happened yet. And sometimes you're praising Him for the thing that happened back there. 
But there's a praise that goes up all over. It's a prophetic language. I, I love when, when God speaks, things happen, right? He's, he speaks to Mary and she becomes pregnant. He's speaking to who she was becoming, not who she was right there. When God speaks to Abraham, he changes his name and he speaks to who he's becoming, not who he is right there. When Gideon is hiding down in that hole in the ground and God comes and speaks to him, he says, mighty man of valour, who are you talking to? I'm hiding in a hole in the ground. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to you in a couple of months. I'm talking to who you're becoming. That's the language of faith. That's the language of praise. That's what we need to begin to make room for that God's going to do in our midst. Oh, I'm getting excited. Sorry. So what happens when we praise? I'm glad you asked. i got four quick points. Then we're going to praise. All right? Ready? Set? Go. Here we go. Exodus 14 and 15. We have a nation of Israel that's been in slavery for 400 years. God brings them out. Brings them out through the desert and sets them up alongside the sea there. They're chilling. They've got the camp set up. And all of a sudden, here comes Pharaoh. He wants his slaves back. And they've got mountains on the left and mountains on the right. The sea behind them and the Pharaoh army coming down on them. All of a sudden, they're trapped. What are we going to do? God speaks to Moses. I think we all know the story. Seeing the Ten Commandments. Staff goes out. Good work, Moses. Bam. River. The sea opens up. They walk through on dry land. This is amazing. What an incredible moment. What an amazing thing that God is doing. They walk dry land. The sand's not even wet. That's crazy. I heard once a teacher said that the Red Sea was only two or three feet deep, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And one of the kids in the class said, yeah, but that's even awesomer because that means the whole Egyptian army drowned in two feet of water. (laughs) But the the children of Israel come out the other side. The sea closes over, whether it's two feet or 200, I don't know. But all the bad guys drowned. And they're standing on the other side of the river going uh, over the ocean going, this is amazing. What an incredible moment. And in that moment... Moses starts to lead the praise. He starts to sing a song to the Lord. And Miriam grabs the tambourine and says, come on, band, let's get this on. And they start to get their praise on there. Because why? Because there's a praise. Here's point number one, if you're writing notes. There's something that happens when you praise in your breakthrough. Now, if, if you've ever been through some things, anyone here ever been through some things? Ever, anybody here ever struggled through some things? Anybody here ever had a moment where you felt like you were cornered? To the left and to the right and behind you and in front of you, there was nowhere to go. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something happened, something shifted, something changed, and it could only be God. And on the back end of your breakthrough, it's time to praise. See, we got a senior pastor who had a surgery. And here he is, preaching last week. That's, that's a praise moment. That's a breakthrough moment right there. And you saw how hard it was to get some praise going. (laughs) Oh, good doctors and I'm fit and I'm good looking and all the things that you say. (laughs) Which are all true. (laughs) It was hard to get. Let me tell you, sometimes the hardest time to praise is in your moment of victory because it's easy to forget in all the hype of what's happening. But when you praise in a breakthrough, you get a right perspective. 
You begin to understand who God is in your situation. You begin to understand, I'm not my own source. I didn't do this under my own strength. As good as the doctors were, it wasn't them. It wasn't, hey Moses, that was good staff skills there. You did a great job. It was God who came through in that moment. And we need to never lose sight. If you've been through anything, oh, now we just, if you've been through something, I want you to stand. If you've been through something and God has brought you through something that you didn't think you were going to get out the other side of and God brought you through something, you've got no reason not to praise. I want you to lift up your voice and give Him some praise in this place tonight. He's brought you through something. He's brought you through something. Come on, He's worthy of praise. Come on, He's worthy of praise. You can sit down. There'll be more. It's going to be like aerobics in church tonight. I hope you're ready. I'm glad it's you doing aerobics and not me. Do we have any doctors in the house? The second thing that happens when you praise in your breakthrough is it builds your faith. It builds your faith when you can look back and see the faithfulness of God in a moment of breakthrough. It builds your faith. The third thing that happens is you learn something about the character of God. When you can praise Him through a breakthrough moment, He's brought you through something, you know that He's faithful. You know that He's reliable. They're things to give God praise for. When He's brought you through something and you praise Him in your breakthrough, you're acknowledging your source. It's possible to get so good at doing church that we don't need God anymore. At doing the function of what we do here. One of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is where Samson jumps up from having his hair cut off. And the Bible says he did not realize that the presence of God had left him. Oh, God forbid that we ever be in a place where we could operate out of gifting, operate out of charisma, operate out of all those things and not even realize the Spirit of God has left us behind. Lord forbid that we... How do we stay away from that? Well, we just keep praising. We keep pointing the direction of the source. We keep telling people, it's not me. It's not my gift. It's not my skill. It's all about Him. When you praise Him in your breakthrough, when you praise Him in your breakthrough, God gets the glory. We sing those old hymns. I love old hymns. Who loves old hymns? Anyone here love old hymns? To God be the glory. Oh, come on. Feel, i got goosebumps on my goosebumps already. <laughs> to God be the glory for the things He has done. Point number two, if you're writing notes, is uh, what Kath spoke about. A great message about being overwhelmed. If you haven't heard it, get the podcast. It'll change your life. It was awesome. She made a, a point about King Jehoshaphat and he took the musicians out first. Second time it's important to praise is to praise in your battle. Some of you are getting out of bed every morning and it just feels like a battle. You're struggling. feels like you're fighting all the time. Can we flip it up? How about tomorrow morning you get out of bed and the first thing out of your mouth is, Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice 
and be glad. It's not just scripture. It's not just, it is just scripture, but it's not just old songs. You know what I mean? It's a faith declaration. You're getting out of bed and saying, this is God's day. This is the day that He's made. I will rejoice. Not if I feel like it. I will rejoice because I make a choice to rejoice. Oh, there we go. It's a rhyme. I make a choice to rejoice. Mm. And we hear the story of the, the army going down to battle and they send the musicians in first. When you do that, there's a couple of things that happen. When you praise Him in the battle, expect the unexpected. Expect breakthrough to come from places you... Now, I don't know. Traditionally, I'm not sure. But um, I don't think they started the Iraq war by sending in the marching band. Pretty sure. Can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure they didn't send in the trumpet section first. There's something that happens, it's unexpected. Can I, can I be, we're talking about spiritual warfare. I, I think we catch the enemy off guard. He's expecting you to come out all guns blazing and come out swinging and you come out singing. You change the game up, you change the rules. That's not how you win a fight. It is now. You can, it says the enemy was confused. I like the idea of confusing the enemy. He thinks he's got his game plan all sorted and he knows what's going up and he's four steps ahead of the game. Yeah, well, get this in your game, son. I came to praise. I'm not here to fight. I just came to praise. I'm going to let him fight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling African-American tonight, if I'm honest. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> It says, it says God went ahead. They praised, so God went ahead. I'll, just, I'll get this, guys. You just keep praising. I'm, in, I'm enjoying that song. You keep going. I'm, I'll go over here and get this. Man, to create an atmosphere where God would go before, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to fight too many of the battles ourselves because we just praised our way through them and God went ahead and did it anyway? Oh, that'd be all right. I'd be okay with that. There's a scripture that, that says in that story, and the victory was complete. It was a complete slaughter. They all died. Understand, when God fights, the victory is complete. When I fight, it's easy to leave things undone because I don't know everything. I don't know where everything is. But when God goes ahead, so I'm better served by joining the choir and lifting up a shout of praise. I say, you handle that, God. If you go in there, the victory is going to be complete. If you go in there, this is not something we're going to have to revisit in a couple of months' time. You're going to do a complete work. It's done if you get in there and get about it. That famous scripture, I'm certain that God who began is faithful to complete. If we let him begin, he has to finish. If I begin in me, I must end in me. If I begin in Him, it's His job to finish. And He is the greatest finisher of all time. He is the it is finished guy. That's His line. His specialty is finishing. That's what He does. Mm. The cool thing about that story is they went after and they got to have the spoils. So not only did I not have to fight, and not only did God win a complete victory, 
but I get all the stuff too. That's awesome. What an incredible thing. Understand if you let God fight, you get the spoils. And last point, when you praise Him in the battle, God gets the glory. Point number three. You still with me? Everyone awake? No one's asleep? Jeez, I need to get preaching. Joshua 6.20, we're going to go fast. I want to get through this. Point number four is my big one. Point number four. When you praise in the promise, Joshua 6.20, we have the children of Israel have now finally made it across the Jordan River. They're standing in the land because God said in Joshua chapter 1, everywhere that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you. They are standing in the promise of God. This is my house. And yet they're standing up there against the wall that's so high they're racing chariots around on top and poking fun at the people down on the bottom. Hang on, God, this is not how it's supposed to go. God gives them a strategy. He says, I want you to walk around. Just walk around. I don't know where you come from. Once again, that's not acceptable battle strategy. As far as I'm aware, generally you don't wear a hole around the city till it falls down. That's not how it works. They walk around and they walk around and they walk around. And then something happens. The trumpets give a blast. And the children of Israel open their mouth and begin to praise. And when they begin to praise in the promise, the walls and the obstacles and the things that stand between them and the purpose of God for their life just begin to fall down. Understand, when you stand in your promise, you can stand with the boldness and the security that this is my house. This is what God has called me to. This is my promise. And I'm going to stand here with an authority and I'm going to speak to the wall. I don't have to fight for this. God has already promised this. I just got to stand here and praise and see those walls come down. I love the part of that story that says the the gates were tightly shut up because they were afraid. Understand when you start getting a hold of your praise in your promise, the enemy starts to get afraid. He's going to start to lock up on you. He's going to start to think, all right, this is getting serious now. The the people of God are starting to get a hold of their praise. Now, Now I've got some concerns. I've got something to be worried about. The Bible says they went in and they took a hold. You know, it's been said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Some of us just wrestle not. But oh, for a generation, a church, a people that would stand in their promise, praise God, and then when their moment comes, take a hold of the thing that God has for them. You know, the other thing that happens is when you're standing in the promise of God and there's miraculous breakthrough in that moment, there's a deep-seated conviction that God did this because I couldn't. There's a security that comes in that. A confidence in His ability, not mine. And a release of the supernatural when you praise. And lastly, I'm rushing now, God gets the glory. My last point. One of the most famous praise and worship stories of all time, Acts 16, verse 16 to 40. When you praise in the prison. I don't know if you ever felt like you were in prison. I actually was a chaplain at Yatla for a little while. I've been in the prison. It's not a very nice place. We're hearing a story of Paul and Silas locked up. 
down in the bottom of the prison in the darkest of the dark places for no good reason. See, this is, this is like black belt praise person. We started off at, at the easy stuff. It's easy to praise in victory. You just got to remember to praise. It's easy to praise in the promise because there's faith that comes with the promise. Oh, look at this promise of God. Yeah, isn't this awesome? Well, what about when you're in the prison? Is God the same as he was in your breakthrough? Is God the same as he was in the promise? Is God the same as he was in the battle? Then why has your praise changed now that you're in prison? You see, Paul and Silas didn't have the benefit of the book. They, they didn't realize that when we praise, the walls are going to shake and the chains are going to come off and we get out. It wasn't a means to an end for them. It was the end. The goal was the praise. The goal wasn't to get out of prison because they didn't know that was going to happen. The goal was simply, this is what we do. We worship. We praise. We pray. That's how we roll. That's what got us here. If this is where we are, oh well. Paul and Silas didn't praise to get free in the jail. Paul and Silas praised because they were already free in the jail. How do I know that? Because when the shackles came off and the foundation shook, they didn't leave. Because I don't need to leave my situation to be free. I found myself free in my situation. What, what we need to understand, and, and we have the benefit of the book, and that's why these heroes of faith of mine are so amazing, that they didn't have the Bible, and yet they seem to understand this, and maybe we've lost touch with it somewhere. But the prison, while it seems like a dead end, is always a gateway to purpose. Let's look back through the Bible. We have Joseph, who gets locked in prison with Pharaoh's prisoners. Why? Because there's a positioning on the people that God was putting him with that could only happen in that environment. But if he had whinged and got upset and got sad and moped about and sulked, he would have missed the purpose on the back end of the prison. Let's talk about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who get thrown into a fiery furnace and the Son of God comes and joins them and the ropes burn off. Do they walk out? No. They keep walking up and down until somebody says, get out. Oh, you want us to come out? Oh, fair enough. Why? Because they understood there was a positioning that was taking place in God that could only be achieved through the prison. And so often we're praying, God, deliver me from my prison. And God's saying, I put you there for a reason. Daniel in the lion's den. I put you there for a reason. Bear with me. If I brought you to it, I can get you through it. When you praise Him in your prison, we're nearly done. You with me? Sorry. When you praise Him in your prison, you invite God in. When you praise Him in your prison, you get free in the prison. When you praise Him in the prison, you shake the foundations of that prison. I love this bit, right? So the prison foundation shook and the doors flew open. You know what that says to me? That says that the doors don't close properly anymore. Because the foundations have shifted. And on the back end of the prison, the very thing that used to lock you up, the door doesn't close on that issue anymore. You can't hold me in here anymore. You can't keep me in here anymore. I've been in that prison. I know how it works. Those doors don't even close anymore. God sent me three free of that prison already. Mm. 
And when you praise him in the prison, God gets the glory. Praise is about a divine shift in perspective. Have you ever used uh, um, a set of binoculars? And if you look through the wrong end, everything looks really small. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, come, let us magnify the Lord. Now, can I ask you a question? When you magnify something, do you make it bigger? Do you make it bigger? No. I magnified up on that screen. Look at that fat head. They magnified me, but did they make me bigger? Just my perception has changed. Come, let us magnify the Lord. Can you make him? You cannot make him bigger. He doesn't get any bigger. The problem is you are looking through the wrong side of the binoculars. The problem is the perspective problem. The problem is you are focused on the prison. The problem is you are focused on the breakthrough. The problem is that you're focused on the problem. And the solution is, let's magnify the Lord. Let God be true. Let's give Him some space to be who and what He's called to be. If I could have the band up here, that would be awesome. See, if you, can, if you can praise Him in your breakthrough, He can trust you with breakthrough. If you can praise Him in your battle, He can show you what Almighty really means. If you can praise Him in your promise, then He can trust you with supernatural supply. And if you can praise Him in the prison, then He can trust you with His people. That's how it rolls. So I don't know where you are right now. I don't know where life has positioned you at this point. I don't know whether you might be on the high of the mountaintop in a moment of breakthrough, just feeling like 11 feet tall and bulletproof. (laughs) Hey, we have those moments and praise God for those moments. But if that's you on the mountaintop, don't forget, 